Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. You know, that Psalm 1, somebody, this younger couple found out we got born again and but I don't think they knew we were spirit-filled already, but but they uh, they kind of like were mentoring us, and um, and they they said to uh, actually memorize it. They were doing a little Bible study. They said to memorize it. This was way 1980, and um, that that I mean ever since that you know that was that's good. That's a good one to memorize. Always get in the King James to memorize, though it's easier. <laughs> anyway, anyway, and then, then I mean, they took us to their church, but their church, I already been in Women's Aglow, and the president of Women's Aglow right off the bat, <laughs> and um, and and I had learned that you can pray like we pray in tongues, and that church said you had you can't do that; that you have to interpret it. And I mean, it, it was, at least it was spirit-filled, and I couldn't find any other ones. We couldn't, and it was at Omaha, you know. And um, also that, uh, like, you couldn't sing in the spirit in tongues like we do. Uh, you know, and we, we were already doing that in the Women's Aglow thing. And, I, you know, so, and there were certain things that I knew that, and my daughter was going to, to Rama Bible Training Center with Kenneth Hagen right then, and so I was going back and forth you know, to visit him, all that stuff. And I was listening to him all the time. And, and so I knew that that was right. And, you know, and um, the day, <laughs> and in fact, Ken says, well, let's join this church. And I went, mm. <laughs> I went, okay, I'll, I'll go with you. I hate to say we joined the church that day and never came back. <laughs> but... When we went up there to join it, the pastor said to me, he said, and I don't mean this as a, but I've never forgotten. It was the first prophecy I ever got in my life. But he said, you're like a tree, like an, a tall oak tree <laughs> planted by the rivers of water. And he said, but the storms will come and your, your branches will bend low but he said, you'll pop back up because you're staying by the streams of living water. I've never forgot what he said. And you know, you, you have to live like, and lots of things happen to you to try to get you out of it. I was, Mark Barkley sent us, a, I don't some of you don't know him maybe, but he's a pastor to a lot of pastors. And I don't, I mean, you know, I don't, this is the first one he sent me in, in, Yours, <laughs> and, uh, but it was two pastors to it, and he was saying uh, he was encouraging them because there's so m how many of them quit? Did you say once, Tony? Uh, there was uh, church. No, I mean no pastors that quit. Yeah, forty percent quit right off the bat, or right not right off the bat, but they go because there's so much that goes on. 
and, and, it, and, it, and the enemy attacks you on top of it and he'll attack your marriage, he'll attack your kids, he'll attack your body and all these things and you're just like you're fighting stuff all yeah. the time. Yeah. But she, how could you let him down? I, I don't mean to put it against him. Oh my gosh, I thought, ah, I just love this. <laughs> and so, you know, you, you know, I love it. <laughs> And, and it's like John said, the more you get into it, the more it's just like, it's addictive. It's the best drug in the world. <laughs> but you have to start into it or you don't, you don't get anywhere. Just like anything, you might hate a job and you wind up loving the job because you're, you're, you're getting better at it and so forth and so on. Okay, so anyway, just to back that up. <laughs> okay, you can be seated. <laughs> yeah, it's so some encouragement today. Amen. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. And this is that prayer we told you to say every day. King James. Yep, King James. I've got to wait till everybody settles down. <laughs> okay. Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. I always start with 16, but I cease not to give thanks for you. You know what? You get prayed for every day. <laughs> All the people of living words. Making mention of you in, the pr in our prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory would give to you, each one of you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. You under, start to understand the Bible. That the eyes of, uh, in your heart, these are eyes in your heart. You know you got eyes in your heart? <laughs> your eyes, if you're understanding, would be, actually it says, I probably should have put the amplified up there, but... The, it says flooded with light. Hallelujah. Flooded. Amen. What does a flood do? A flood, a flood washes all the debris yes, out. Yes, you know, floods start to wash things away. Yes, and that means flooded. It'll wash away the darkness. Amen. So that you can know, so you can understand the, ah, the vision, the hope to which he's called you. Like John was saying, it's a big one. He wants, he wants the best. He doesn't want you to have rundown stuff. He does not want that. And the more you follow him, the more it begins to happen to you. It does. If you're tithing and doing the right thing, it begins, you, your life comes up. Honestly, it does. And that hope, that's, that's your vision. But see, you've got to have that kind of a vision that lifts you up the, and he's and there's a vision to which he has called you separately to and how rich say rich 
is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set up once. You're, you're, you're saints. Did you know you're a saint? Yeah, I came from a denomination that said saints have to be dead 300 years and they have had to have all these things. Man, when I thought, I'm a saint, just because I asked Jesus to come in my heart. You are saints. You gotta, you got to believe that. Now, I want to I tell you something. This is one of the greatest prayers you could ever pray for yourself. Don't stop. And other believers, you put people's name. Well, you're always talking about it. You're always, I'm telling you, stuff will start to happen to you. It starts to happen to you. Do not fail. I heard Kenneth Hagin, when I was visiting my daughter, say, pray this every day. So I did. And believe me, it works. Still praying it. Especially, it'll help you when you go through difficulties. Now, see, failure in a Christian's life is not the result of what he doesn't have, but a result of what he doesn't know. A Christian doesn't know. If you never get in this, you won't know anything, honestly. And you can't just stay home and say, I'm going to read the Bible. You've got to have somebody teaching you what it, what's in it or the revelation. That's, that's why you need, honestly, you do need a pastor. In fact, you could be a prophet, an evangelist, an apostle, and, and a, or a teacher. But, but if you never, ever went to a church, you would never become those. You would, if you would never go to church and actually work in the church, you would never become an apostle. You would never become the missionary. You would never become the prophet. You wouldn't. Or an evangelist. You've got to start with the church and with the pastor. So, so, so fail, say failure is a result of what you don't have, but what you don't know. And it, it is part, it's part of your inheritance of every single believer <laughs> to, t to take their place with Jesus also. Now, at the right hand of God. You know what? I forgot to tell you. Well, let's put up there um, Ephesians 2.6. Okay, Ephesians 2.6 says, And he raised us up together with him, and he made you sit down together, giving you joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of you being born again, by virtue of you being in Christ Jesus, Jesus the Messiah. I'm not kidding you. You're there right now in the spirit. You're seated at the right hand of the Father in the highest place of authority in the universe. In the whole universe. And that's why you can say, I bind you, Satan. That's why you can tread on principalities and powers and all the works of the enemy. You are, it says it right there. 
You're seated with Christ in the heavenly places once you are born again. And it's part of your inheritance. And you've got to take your place with Jesus at the right hand of God himself. See, Jesus, because of what he did, he got to sit there. And he couldn't sit there until he had gone to the cross. Now, he sat at his own right hand. And even with kings, that's the highest place that if a king sits you at his right hand, you're, woohoo, something special. I, do they sit their wives there? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the, anyway, now you've got a calling to do this. Now, it's actually your calling to know this and to sit there. And that calling is an invitation. God says, I invite you to sit at my own right hand in the heavenly places. And it says, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named. Pretty soon it will say that. We didn't read that part yet. Okay. Now, in Philippians 3, 14, I'm gonna, we're going to go back to this prayer. In Philippians 3, 14, and I'm always saying this, and you can put it in uh, Amplified, I think, this time. I'll tell you what the King James says. It says, I press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, for, before we even look, read the Amplified, I want to tell you, each one of you has a high call. You're supposed to know it. You're supposed to get into it and know it. But see, as you learn, you get that desire. You, you start to get the desire to do something. You get a desire to do that. It's an invitation. It's God's plan for you. And you have to press toward the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly price to which God in Christ Jesus is calling you upward. Amen. Instead of staying where you're at, and just this blah, oh yeah, well, you know, we have a family and stuff like that. We got a job. We, we go to church. You know, church is like down here on the list. It's actually the most important thing in your life. I learned that from 40 years of the other stuff and 40 years of the, this. It's, it's important because that's where you get upward. And your upward might even be promotion at your job. Not necessarily something spiritual. You know what I'm talking about? Because God wants you to make money for the kingdom of God. That's why. Honestly, I've seen it. I've seen people promoted to a high call in order to even finance missionaries in the church. And it isn't just missionaries, it's all of it. So you have to press toward it. Because the devil comes along and he tries, he, especially he, he doesn't really care about people in the world who are doing drugs and stuff. He's got them already. So he, he wants to get the Christians to stop him. And he'll start to attack and you have to press. 
You have to press. It's like, you'd be like the tall oak tree. Oak tree, oak wood is the strong, the toughest. We got oak at our house, and I was like, you put, try to put a nail in, like today, something. Can't even do it, hardly. But, uh, yeah, Jesse knows that, yeah, because he tried to fix some of it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you, if, if you get into the Word and you start making this, it's just like anything you begin to, it, it's like uh, addictive, like you said. You, you don't, you don't want to stop because you start learning stuff and you go, whoa, God's on our side. He's made us to a high, high call, the high call of God. And you got to keep pressing. And remember my, you know, Pastor Ike said it really good, but I don't know how he said it. But my way of saying the press was always the shark in the water. I'm in the boat, the boat is sinking, <laughs> and the shark's right here, there's another boat trying to rescue me and me, but the shark's in the way, <laughs> but you got to press <laughs> to get rid of the devil, you know what I mean, press, press to the high call and the devil will flee, you don't even have to work at that, if you press towards that, he, will, he comes to the point where he won't touch you, okay, and the seventh... 2 Timothy 1.9. And I did say a lot of this at the Bible study the other day, Thursday, because I couldn't resist it. <laughs> okay. 2 Timothy 1.9. And it says, for he, it is, for it is he who delivered and saved us, right? Did he deliver you and save you? And he called you with a calling. He called you with a calling in itself, holy and leading to holiness. He actually called you to a holy calling to lead you into holiness, to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did it not because of anything of merit that we have done, but because of and to further his own purpose on the earth and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, eternal ages ago. Sometimes God said to me when I had that cancer, he said, receive my grace. I died on the cross for this by faith and give me permission to heal you. Give me permission. See, he won't even, he won't even, unless you have to give him permission because he won't force you to do anything. The devil will force you to do stuff. He wants to throw you off. God doesn't. That's why you got to, you have to get into his word and say, no, I believe the word above this. You have got a high call because he thinks, God thinks a lot of you. Hebrews 3.1. So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God, you share in the heavenly calling. 
thoughtfully and attentively considered Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we embraced his Christian faith. Oh, yeah, but now the King James says, therefore, holy brethren. Who wrote the Bible? The Holy Spirit did. He calls you holy brethren. You're holy. Mariah, you're holy. <laughs> Danny, you're holy. Now, Mindy? No. <laughs> no, I no, I couldn't resist that. Anyway, therefore, holy Debbie. <laughs> Okay, you who share, this is the King James, in the holy heavenly calling, you share in it. Consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of your confession. There are several churches in town that say that the apostles, the apostles have all passed away. They don't, that is not an office anymore. But... I don't think Jesus has. It says Jesus, the apostle. He is, the, he is an apostle. <laughs> there are several of them that do. See, okay, now this calling is an invitation. You've got to realize it. I call you up. I call you up to sit at the highest place that anybody could ever put you, even on the earth. Seated next to me. Whoa, and I give you power and I give you authority on the earth. See, that's why God isn't causing this stuff. We're the ones who have to get on the stick and take authority over stuff. You're calling. This is an invitation. It's high. It's holy. And it's heavenly. And it's your calling. Now, that's the first call that you get because you're born again. Then he's got a special plan. And it, it, but it's a call to come up where he is. He wants you to come up where he is. God thinks a lot of you. Just see, we're invited to take the same high place that Jesus occupies. Okay, John 17, 22. I have given to them, now, now Jesus was talking to the Father. John 17 is, ah, he's talking to the Father. That's, that's oh man, it makes you cry. It's so good. I have given to them the glory and the honor which you gave to me. He's talking to his heavenly Father. That they may be one, even as we are one. Oh, Sure, he's talking about his disciples, but he's talking about you. This is for you, too. I gave to you the glory, Anita, the honor and the power, and which you have given the same one that was given to Jesus. That you, that you might be one. Even as Jesus and the Father were one. Oh my gosh. 
Just think, and it says we are one spirit with him in Corinthians. It says we're one spirit with him. Did you know that the Father is both, actually that God himself is both male and female? And I want to tell you something. So you men, <laughs> you're married to him too. <laughs> but I mean, you are one with oh my, the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And that's why they all came to live with you. If you start to meditate on this kind of a thing, it's like you're like Popeye. By the way, Randy Greer loves to bring up Popeye. <laughs> Some people probably don't even know who it is. Anybody need to know who Popeye is? <laughs> the spinach? He would open a can of spinach and he would go. You know? <laughs> and I, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that Randy Greer would say that about this. Because <laughs> you're, you're powerful in him, in God. And you start meditating on this stuff. You start, well, what am I wasting my time for? Come on, let's take bind spirits. Pray for people. You know what? Just like that, God answers you. Because you're doing what he said. I'll give you some main, woo, see, bah. Same place. You're invited to the right hand of the Father. Okay, so the glory, okay, the glory that was, that God gives to you is that same glory he gave to Jesus. So you can be one with him. You're one. You're married to him. Woo! And what is glory? You know what? Glory is an exalted state or position of honor. Glory is an exalted state and a position of honor. And you know what? That position is already yours, but you got to believe it. And that's why you need to meditate on these things. And then you won't say, I mean, because I had such a tough time. I was always putting myself down. I went in the, in the world before I was really a Christian. I mean, people, people in the world would say, quit that. Quit that. I've always put myself. I mean, <laughs> I remember being at a dance once, at a Hormel dance. <laughs> and they had dances every year, and we liked to dance. You know what I mean? So we go, I mean, I didn't really drink, but they would drink, you know, and this drunk guy said, don't put yourself down, quit that. <laughs> I was like, and now, now when I became a Christian, I remembered that. And, and, and you, you know what, even the world will tell you, don't do that. You don't get anywhere. There's books out there in the world that tells you what you're supposed to say. You look in the mirror and say that, I am whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, and it, where did they get it? They got it out of the Bible, but see, do you know this stuff? Everybody's preaching the gospel like, you're bad, you're bad, you got to quit sinning, you got to quit sinning, you do need to quit sinning, you do, <laughs> because that's your flesh, and you can quit, and I might have a sermon that 
talks about that maybe last week. You know, it was telling you, don't do this. And don't. But I mean, it, and it is true though, but you got to be aware of this, but you also got to be aware how great you are. I was going to, I had this whole sermon on honor. In fact, I got three of them. I was like, what am I always, and I wrote all of it. I've never, ever preached any of them. <laughs> Maybe <they're... laughs> sometimes you got to do sermons and write them out and then they're for you. <laughs> but, but he wants, and I couldn't get what he wanted again. But then I was sure about this. It, okay. And, but that position is yours. And you can walk in the light of it with revelation knowledge. Because of what we're going to finish that prayer in Ephesians. But everything begins to change when you start to believe this. And you come up to your high place. God's counting on you. Why did he die on the cross, for heaven's sake? For nothing? Oh, I just wanted to suffer, you know, so everybody, you know, when they receive Jesus, they just act like the world anyway. Just be in the world. No, you became born again. You became a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. And you're supposed to act like it, though. <laughs> you're supposed to come up, 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 up. Up, 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 up. See, and everything will change. It, it starts to change in your life. And see, even on the earth, the believer belongs to the heavenly world more than we belong to this earth. You know, and when you start, start to even get in this, you, you start to say, all right, devil, knock it off. Because, you know, sure, I sh I'm supposed to have a hip replacement on this side. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I, I will say that it, I, it causes sciatica because now it's like unbalanced. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm just telling you that. But, you know, I just go, stop it. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, you ask God what he wants you to do. <laughs> because I want to live a long life and I don't want to sit. <laughs> I don't. And, and um, you've got to press. You've got to go up higher. You've got to believe the word. Everything belongs. Everything that Jesus, everything, we're joint yeah, this is the whole thing. We're joint heirs with Jesus, but we're heirs of God who owns the whole universe. Bill Winston pointed that out when I was listening to him once. Whoa, and I went, he says, get it. Do you get it? You're joint heirs with Jesus, but you're heirs of God. Everything that God owns, which is everything, belongs to you. Everything. That's how much he thought of you. You know, if you were crucified like he was, the worst torture that could ever possibly in human history were from the Romans. 
And they, that was the worst torture, but what did he do it for? So we could wallow in misery, so we could always have the devil attacking us, so we could just act like the world. Yeah, we might have gotten born again. It was an, oh boy, now I'm going to heaven. That was it, but just live like hell on the earth. <laughs> that isn't what he wanted. He wanted us to be like him. Why? It, 1 John 4, 17 says, as God is, so am I in this world. I know. See, I don't, I don't, I still, I have to convince myself. But the only way you convince yourself is taking these scriptures and repeating them. And repeating them. What did you say? You've got to dig into that. And once you start that, it's addictive. So, see, you belong, we belong more to the heavenly worlds than you do to this earthly one. In fact, it says in Philippians uh, 3.20, it says that you be, have become a citizen of heaven. And you're blessed. It says in Ephesians 1.3, you are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Another translation says everything that, what does it say? Everything that heaven already enjoys is yours. So you start to think, because people say, well, God put this on me, because how could he? It's not in heaven. Everything in heaven is beautiful and wonderful. There is no cancer or disease or sickness or pain. There's no strife and division. There, there's no uh, uh, poverty. There's, there's no oppression and depression. There isn't. And if you're a Christian, you own all that. It says everything that heaven already enjoys is yours. Man, think about it. I'm not supposed to have that pain in my knee. <laughs> but, and, but the more you get into that, the higher you go with it. And you go, I refuse this. See, you bend low. What did he say? Bend low. I am not staying there. I cannot stand that. I want to move. I want to go up. <laughs> he didn't make us, you know, like the other animals that are on all fours. Or <laughs> anyway. And besides that, that's another thing. When they learned that in school, we're not of the animal kingdom. <laughs> okay. But heaven is our home base from which we operate Amen. here on earth. Amen. And so the place where we really should be at home is at the right hand of the Father. Now, this is all scripture. And it says we're citizens of the kingdom of God. First of all, okay, I can say Colossians. Colossians 1.13 says, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. You put that together with 3.20, Philippians 3.20. Yes. 
We're citizens of heaven. She got something up there? (laughs) Yeah, drawn out of the control of the dominion of darkness. You know what? That's one of the prayers you're supposed to say. But I had it, you know, I'd say it every day and had it memorized. One, I was really sick and wanted uh, with a cold. This is way back in the 80s. And I, oh, it must have been the 90s. No, it had to be the 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, the reason is because we were already, we were invited to Burley's church for a big conference with, a, you know, and they were our friends, and it's always was always fun there. Remember, you probably went, and a bunch of us. Anyway, and I went, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be miserable when I'm there. And I, so I was in the car, and I was saying, the Father has delivered me and drawn me out of the control and dominion of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of God's dear Son, the Son of His love. And I went, wait a minute. Of all the times I said it, and I knew it by heart, all of a sudden, it revelation came. That's what you call revelation knowledge. I went, wait a minute. I'm living in the kingdom of God, even though I'm walking on the earth. <laughs> See, it took me from all the 80s of saying it to a point where I, I didn't even have to memorize it because I said it so much, all those prayers that I knew them by heart. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm not trying to pass. I'm just saying I said them, I read them, and then all of a sudden I knew them by heart without trying. Okay, and so I'm, you see why, why I tell you not to do that so much? Meditate. And that, all of a sudden, it hit me. You've been, you're living in the kingdom of God. And I thought, just like that, I said, I bind you, devil. I bind every virus germ in my body and command it to die or any kind of bacteria that's trying to get to me. And, and, I, and you, I am living in the kingdom of God, and you can't be there. Amen. Devil, you can't be there. Amen. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you'll never believe, I'm, I'm not kidding you, within 10 minutes, my symptoms cleared. They were, they were sinus. They were bad. <laughs> they cleared. I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> But see, I got revelation knowledge of it. It's one thing is just saying that stuff, and the other thing is getting the revelation of it. But, you, but see, press. Press into that. Press into it. So, because the, the place we're at home is at that right hand of the Father. Hebrews eleven thirteen. Did I put that? I don't think I... Did I? Okay. She's got it. Okay, these people all died, controlled and sustained. Oh, there were, bun- there were all these people. The people that watched us and wanted, they lived in caves. They were sawed in half. This is in Hebrews. Yeah, yeah. Hebrews 11. And they, they, all these things happened to them knowing that's, that God was going to come and we would have it made. Yeah. But see, they, they were sustained by their faith. And see, you've got to believe these things. Faith is believing that above your symptoms. Faith is believing that above what's in your bank account. Faith is believing that 
more than you believe the system of the world concerning money or anything else. And it says, will I find faith when I come back? You want, he won't take you if you're not in faith. And I, I read somebody, I read something from, um, in fact, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin. That's who it was. And he says, people think, you know, well, I find faith. You have to be in faith for it to be raptured. And he says, you know what? Even if you were in faith, you were doing good and maybe had a three-week slump. He said, if I see that they're not in faith, I can't take them because the glory, he's coming halfway and he's so full of glory that he can't even come down into the earth because everything would blow up. Do you understand that? And you're full of glory because you're in faith. So stay in faith. This is a crucial time. It really is. That's true. Okay. But these people all die controlled and sustained by their faith, but not having received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises because Jesus had... This was before Jesus was on the earth. Only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance by faith, and all the while acknowledging and confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth. They were tor tortured. It says right in there, they were sawed in half. And they, but they just, they kept, they kept believing in God. They kept believing. First Peter 2.11. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. We taste and see that the Lord is good. My goodness. Let's see what time. Beloved, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature, that wage war against your mind, your will, and your emotions, your soul. They go against your mind. They go against your will. And they go against your emotions. Now, I'll tell you one thing. The devil, God, you have a free will in God. But the devil will force you to do stuff. What do you think? All, all this stuff that they're doing in the United States and all the other countries and, and the whatever the, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? The, uh, uh, their way of doing it. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> Any, what? Brainwashing. Yeah, brainwashing, but it's, it's kind of like reset. We got to reset the whole earth. Well, we got reset when we took Jesus in our hearts. We're reset. And that one can't go. It cannot go. Anyway, I even forgot what I was going to say about that reset. Or take away all the, the cows and all the animals because they got gas. <laughs> and so do we. <laughs> and I mean, it's the truth. That's what they said. And that millionaire guy who's stupid, no wonder his wife divorced him. <laughs> Bill Gates. Sorry, I don't care. <laughs> but 
<laughs> See, they're starting to put not all meat in, yeah. in yeah. different restaurants <laughs> or fast food places. Yeah. Trying to introduce you. I saw movies about this in the 80s, about that everything would be green food. <laughs> hey. <laughs> How about a good steak? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, they wage war. Oh, they try to control you. That's what I was going to say. That's all control. Communism totally controlled their people. So that's what they're after, but it's not going to work. Not while the church is still on the earth. But do you believe me? Read the Bible. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and you'll understand it better. That's, that's when you start to understand the Word of God. Okay, go to Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. Go in the Amplified this time. So why do we... We're seated at His right hand. And we're asking him to fill us with, with, with wisdom and revelation into the mysteries and secrets. They're mysteries and secrets to the world, but not to those who are filled with God. And then you become that deep and intimate knowledge with him. Okay, so verse 19 says, so that you can know and understand can you measure it? It's immeasurable. Can you limit it? It's unlimited. Surpassing greatness of God's power in you and for you who believe it. But if you're not going to believe this, then it's not going to work. He wants, I mean, if somebody doesn't believe you about stuff, you go, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> it is. I mean, you know, if they, you just, you keep telling them something, tell them something, tell them something. I mean, well, say it's your boss. Now, if you do it this way, you know, you get more production. If you do it this way, you know, you won't get so tired. Blah, 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 blah. He's trying to tell you, you never believe him. You're fired. <laughs> I mean, it's God, God gives, he says, they don't believe me. I'm not going to. I can't do anything until you believe this word. Exactly what it says. Okay. It, it, it's the surpassing it, greatness of his power to those who believe. Oh, and, and you know, God the Father demonstrated it. That power, that immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of God's power in us. And for us, and he demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength. Next verse. <gasps> Which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. What do you call that? I call it resurrection power lives in you. Or that is false. You got resurrection power living in you. Man, I mean which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
And he seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And he seated you. It said that. Yeah. We said that already. Yeah. He already, right? Yeah. Go ahead. 20, yeah, to 23. Far above all the demons. He names the ranks here. In one place, he, uh, all the rule and authority and power and dominion. The, the little tiny rulers, they're tiny. And they're princes. Let's see, prince, principalities, principalities. The powers, they have more authority than the little ruler. <laughs> and then and it, and it says, then, um, then the uh, rulers of the darkness of this world, they do have more power. Why, what is it? They go to dark places. Because they know if you're in a dark place, they're going to get you. How about the bars? How about drug places? All kinds of places. Now on the earth. Huh. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Gossiping? Uh-huh. Where was I? <laughs> and it says, okay, you are, you are seated at his right hand, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Ranks of demons. The dominion ones are the ones up in the heavenlies. They're taking dominion of a territory. Like Washington, D.C. Like, you know, where communism, like uh, Japan <laughs> or China, rather. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, hmm. not only in this age, above every title that can be conferred, you are far above it. Not only in this age and in this world, but the age and world which are to come. Now, when this was written, we're in the age and world that is to come. We're already in that right now. 22, and he has put all things under Jesus' feet and appointed Jesus, the universal and the supreme head of the church. Now, what, what do we consider the definition of a church? Born again. Not just a denomination. I mean, I hate to say unless they're born again. There's born again people everywhere in them. And sometimes there's born-again ones in the, in the born-again church. Not born-again ones in the born-again church. Okay. So, the church made up of born-again. It, it has a born-again message. That is the real church. A headship exercised throughout the church. What, what headship? Wait a minute. Put that back. What headship is that? He put all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church. And it's exercised throughout the church. Go ahead now. Which is his body. The church is his, now what? This finger. This finger, this finger, this finger, this finger, this, 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 this. Toes, arms, shoulders, joints, all of it, wrists. You are different body parts. Now you see, if you're not functioning in the church, let's say you're not functioning and you're a wrist. And I can't, I can't use my hand very well because 
because yeah. see, I, see what I did that? I had to remove the wrist. Right. This wrist won't move because it's not doing nothing. Yeah. You're, it handicaps when you don't do anything exactly. in the church. Yeah. See, I, honestly, yeah. it's, it's just we're body parts yeah. functioning in a church. And then there are, there are separate churches, but we're all one body. If you're born again, I, I want a fellowship which is born again people. If I want to, but they think we're. So, anyway. Okay, which is his body. Now, right before that, said the church, which is his body. The fullness of him, the body, when you get full of him, who fills all in all. When we all do what we're supposed to do, we get into this word and maybe we take our place no matter what it is in this little, little place, but it, it counts because I can't even move my, I can't move my hand without my wrist. Well, I can a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. You, well, you take away my wrist and I bet I can't because it's detached. It's actually would be detached. Yeah. Who makes everything, everywhere complete. We're all functioning where we're supposed to function and who fills everything, everywhere with himself. You get full of God. And then you take your place and you start to everything and you think, instead of, now I said this, I know the other day, I said, but it's true. It said, no. I'm supposed to be the pastor, and I'm jealous, and I, I want to be up there. I mean, you know what? But did you, God give you the grace? If it is, well, then he'll send you or somewhere or something. Or I, or I want to do this, and I want to do what that person's doing. And see, but see, you go according to your grace. The plan of God, and it's according to your grace. And it doesn't make any difference. You're just as important as this. We're all, it's just a different office. It's just a different place. That's what I'm talking about. And, and you, you do, I mean, it's cleaning the toilets is just as important as this. Well, maybe, you know. <laughs> I was just anyway. Anyway. But taking your place is as important. And see, when you don't take your place, then it starts to handicap the other people because they've got five to eight to ten things to do because somebody isn't helping. You know what I mean? But we're all the body parts. And if, like, my body parts don't function, my little toe is broke, it hurts. The whole body, right? And this, this is true. You know what? They talk about that in, in Corinthians. Well, what if, what if we, were, we were all an ear? Oh, well, you know, the ear is really a big deal. So everybody in the church is an ear. <laughs> Can you a body? That's a freak. You want to make a monster, just make one big ear with a bunch of little ears. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah. How could you breathe? 
How could you move? How could you walk? How could you use your hands? Okay. So you make everything, everywhere complete with himself, but you've got to be full. One more verse. Oh, no, that was it. Which is his body? Wait a minute. Did we get that? Okay, so right there it said the church is his body. Just because it went into another sentence doesn't mean. That's why you got to look at that. Real. See, and because we are in him, what is true about Jesus is true about you. You're seated far above all authority, power, and names, and the devil is nothing but a teeny tiny pipsqueak. But what we have to do is you feel that pain, you said, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. Now, you know what? Some of those things like, well, let me finish this. All, see, all our enemies are under our feet. How come? Because they're under Jesus' feet, and Jesus is in us. In fact, it says that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all three of them are in you. Let's say, gee, he starts, Ken starts saying, I think I like that other lady better than Jackie. <laughs> and so, I could have used myself. So he goes, I mean, I'm not, this, just, I'm just giving you an example. But you know what? He's, he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in him. And he goes to commit adultery, and they're watching. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? <laughs> they're watching. <laughs> they're in you. <laughs> See, Jesus is the head now, the head, nobody is considered the head in that, in the Corinthians. We're all, the, it starts from the neck on down. You're all these parts. He's the head and we're the body. Seated with him in an exalted position. And see, don't neglect these things. Paul said, you know, so, you know what, Paul actually said this at Ephesians 4.1. One of my, I mean, mm, I remember, yeah, because we're supposed to say that prayer in Ephesians 3 to the end from 15 to 21. And I started looking at that next one when I was first a Christian, and I went, oh, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. And I went, I would like to be a prisoner of the Lord. He would be good to me. <laughs> I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you. I beg you to walk and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. Go ahead. Uh, Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind and humility and meekness unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. Go ahead. 
Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness produced by the spirit and abiding power of peace. I'm going to, it goes on. Okay, well, okay, go ahead. There is one body, there's one spirit, just as there is one hope of that calling to it that belongs to the calling you received. There is one body, there is one spirit. There is one Lord, and it's him. One faith, the word of God. One baptism, and that doesn't mean water baptism. That means we're baptized into the body of Christ. You can become born again. Go ahead. There's one God. There's one Father of us all who is above us all, sovereign over it all, pervading all, and living in us all. Go ahead. Okay. But okay, but yeah, yeah. Grace, God's unmerited fiver was given to each of us individually. He didn't give us all the same grace. And so we, we need to get in our place of grace. Not indiscriminately, but in different ways. In proportion to the measure of Christ's gift. Rich and bounteous, whatever it is. You got the grace to do it. So see, don't force your husband or your wife to do what maybe you are supposed to do. You know what I mean? Okay, I just thought I'd say that part. Okay, see, stop talking about how bad things are in life. Remind yourself you're seated. The highest place to pray and meditate. And say that script, that, please. That prayer in Ephesians 16 to the end of that chapter. And then Ephesians 2, 6. I'm seated with them. Do you remember, do you remember the game show? Come on, come on down. Come on down. Well, <laughs> Jesus said, come on up. <laughs> See, I must say I stole that from Joel Siegel. <laughs> But, but there is no, but he got it from God. So, so the, the, and I tell you what, there's no better view than being seated with our exalted position in Christ. There isn't. And I don't think I can get to the next one because, but it's talking about pressing, pressing to the high call of God. You know, do this. Get to know who you are in Christ so we're going to get somewhere. You'll get somewhere. Follow what the Bible says. Don't try to compromise with the world. Because the world says you can do this and you can do that. You can do this and you can do that. It doesn't say that in here. Poverty will come when you're missing Something that says you're supposed to do in here. You'd be surprised how your life comes up. And I, we got 43 years, 44 years of experience. Your life comes up. It comes up to a higher place. You don't go along with the world and the trend of the world. Let's go... I hate to even say it. Just go live with anybody you want to. Go have sex with anybody you want to. Do this. Do that. Cheat on your income tax. Do it. I mean, and these people sometimes are Christians. You see, 
follow what it says. Your life will come up. It'll come up. It'll go to a higher place. It'll be so much better. Money will start to come from where you don't even know where it came from. I, I bet you there are a lot of people who can give testimonies on this. It comes up. But you got to follow it. Well, you know what? I, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just, you know, straighten, straighten things out that need to be straightened out. Get into the Word. You'll be so much better. See, you got to press and get rid of some of the flesh stuff. <laughs> he gave us the Holy Spirit to overcome the flesh. And, and it does work. Well, you know what? We got just a little bit, well, I don't know if we have more time, but, okay, if you need to come up for, like, if you have pain in your body, sickness and disease, if you are